It is another episode of Extra Bases with Bristol and Booth. Jason Bristol in Houston. Jeremy Booth in Seattle. All-Star Weekend. And we want to thank you for joining Extra Bases, a, which just received a two-star rating on Apple Podcast, Jeremy, from KWBuzz23WK. Do you want to read the review? Do you want to hear nah, it? No, nah, because because the fact that the name is that anonymous says it all. I don't need anything oh, else. Oh, no, I got to read it. Oh, okay, go for it. It says, who is this for? If you follow the Houston Astros closely but absolutely hate them, then this is the podcast for you. But only a psycho would follow something so closely that they absolutely hate. So I'm not sure who this is for. I did give them an extra star because they both have a fantastic voice for podcasting. The major problem is the words coming out are so whiny. Oh, my Lord. This has to be uh, somebody that was spurred on by a certain radio host. Yeah. That's all I like. Is this, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> That's all right. I'll just, we'll just keep being the like, amazing Kreskins, you know, and getting stuff right and talking about how this stuff can go well and go better and maybe – you know, being honest and direct, and they can just go. Sounds like they're the one whining, and that sounds a little whiny yeah. to me. Yeah, I don't know what to say. I, whatever. I, you know. I wear it. I wear it like a badge of honor. I you know wear what I'm it gonna like do? A badge of honor. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna what? go to sleep and not think about it again. Yeah, <laughs> I laughed. Doesn't bother me. I don't care. I laugh. Hey, you're at oh. the. Uh, you're in Seattle All Star Weekend. You just came back from the All-Star Futures game where a number of your alums were participating, including Drew Gilbert, the Astros first round pick from 2022. What did you see from Drew and how do you think he handled all this attention of being on this stage less than a year into his professional career? Um. Let me let me go to let me start with the the back part of that. Less than a year, you know, we're in a much 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 more accelerated game now, right? We've lost some minor league levels, and people are just moving quicker, and that's just what it is. And um, it's not that dissimilar to what it was pretty what. I mean, you're the historian of the two of us as far as dates. Maybe what 1960, they formalized the minor leagues, something like that. Maybe a little different. There's a lot of independent teams before that. You know, as far as what we knew, um, you know, a lot of that is is not. Um, uh, you know, it, it's just kind of going back to what that was, right? That said, you know, it's fast and moving, and and Drew is a uh, a heck of a player and a heck of a person. And um, you know, at, at the end of the day, what he what he was doing was, you know, he's coming up here as a, as the top prospect in the organization, understandably so, because um, they haven't had a lot of really big prospects in a while. I mean, Yanar Diaz was here last year, and Hunter Brown was here last year. They certainly fit, right? But um, yeah, I mean, Drew's got some significant impact, and he didn't do anything today to show he's not going to have it. Furthermore, he handled the crowd who booed him at introduction. Let, let me say that again. He handled the crowd who booed him at introduction. A guy who hasn't played a day in the big leagues that's just with the Astros, who was drafted by no fault or preference of his own, to the Houston Astros organization was booed. More on that to come later because it might have something to do with some perceptions around the league that a certain, um, I don't know, what would that say, uh, sports team may have discussed by timer, you know, once. So he handled it well. 
He's got a great personality. He's made for the city. He's made for uh, play, he hustles. He's going to compete. He's going to run into walls. He's probably going to spend some time on the, you know, knock on wood on the on the IL just because of hustle injuries like good players do, like a Bregman or a, a Jim Edmonds. You know, that's what those guys do, right? They they run into walls and they'll they end up on the IL because of that. So, um, but man, he's a winning kid. He's a winning player, and I couldn't be prouder uh, to be associated with him. And I do think in this particular situation. Um, as hard as I've been on the Astros, and deservedly so with their drafting, they got this one right. Good for them. And Mick Abel, Philadelphia Phillies, who one of their top arms. He started. He's also an alum of New Balance Future Stars series. Um, wow. One one inning, struck out two, gave up a hit, and then uh, and I didn't realize this until I just saw this now. Um, ate a spiced grasshopper in the dugout during uh, the Futures game. But what did you see from Mick and the other guys that you had in, in this game? And it must have been really good to catch up with these guys because for the most part, you just really touch base with them via text now. Yeah. Um, man, you know, so, so last all-star game, all-star weekend was in my hometown of Los Angeles. Now, obviously, I haven't lived in L.A. in quite some time, but I grew up there. And so I was able to go see family and friends. I saw Zach Dean and Ricky Tiedemann. I was able to see Diaz and Brown up close. It was, it was a good week, good weekend. Um, this is this one was a little different all the way around for me. This is a little different all the way around. Um, Seattle, I spent a significant amount of time here. Um, it's... Uh, kind of been uh, throughout my life, there was always been a, me dancing around the Mariners, Mariners dancing around me, and they ended up working here. Um, I walked back into the stadium first and foremost, and there's people here. I haven't been here in eight years, you know, seven years, eight years. And there's people that wa I walk back in. It's like, Jeremy, how's it going, man? We're so happy for you. Good to see you. Uh, you know, we missed you around here. And I, I'm, I'm just like, I mean, like clubhouse attendants and uh, – and, and front office people who are working in the offside because baseball people have all turned over, right? Um, saw Dave Sims, the the announcer. Saw Dave Valley. Saw Mike Cameron. Um, was able to see guys that you know, Junior was here. Harold Reynolds was here. You know, I saw. I just saw. It's you know. I, I don't know, man. Something about being up here when you're a Mariner. Um, no matter where you go, this fan base is a very classy and very. Um, uh, devoted fan base. You know, they, they haven't had a winner. They deserve a winner. This is nothing to do for anybody gets upset that I'm saying this, having to live that I live in Houston. You know, there's are other places besides Houston that deserve winners. And this is one of them. Um, my biggest regret was not being able to help them win here. You know, as far as why, I mean, I, you know, we didn't do it collectively, which means we all lost collectively, but um, it was really good to be back. And then I walked in, man, this was great. I walk in. And I, I know my, you know, I, I walked from my hotel to the ballpark and I, I knew where I didn't even do my GPS. I didn't do, I just put my headphones on, man. I was rolling and I knew right where I was going, which was really cool because I hadn't done it in so long. So I was doing it from memory. Um, And I get there and I walk in, I walk up, get my, my badge and I walk downstairs, go to the field. I know right where I'm going. I don't have to tell me anything. And as I'm walking by the diamond club, this is where the players are having their meeting, you know? And as I'm walking by, here comes Kyron Paris, Drew Gilbert, Tink Kentz, and Tyler Soderstrom all come up, man. And it's hugs and it's, it's some laughter. It's, hey, man, what's up? How's it going? I'm going to feel like a proud dad. 
I don't know how else to put it, man. It feels like, you know, it's like, because I didn't sign these guys with these clubs, but I, you know, I put it's certainly three of the four and, and you know what, Soderstrom too, before anybody else figured out who he was on that platform. And they made, they made the most of it. And my, my job in their life was to give them some ment- mentorship still there, keep those relationships. We all refer to each other as part of a big family. Um, you know, uh, Abel and Paris and Gilbert were all in the 2018 event. Abel was in the 2019 event. So Soderstrom, before he got burnt out with USA, he was in that one. Um, and I feel like I keep missing somebody. Hence, Hence was in 2019. So it was good to see that. For me, it's gratifying. None of these guys were famous. I mean, I had Mick as a freshman. Okay. So Mick's famous by the time he's a senior. Tyler's a first rounder. KP was a second rounder. Gilbert was a first rounder out of college. And Hence, I think, was a comp round or second round pick by St. Louis out of high school. But, man, Mick came out just bringing it. 99, it was fire. You know, I talked to him before the game. I said, man, I want to stay out of your way. I want to get you working. He goes, nah, man, let's, we gonna, let's, let's talk, you know. Because, you know, it's like, it's like you, 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 help, you help these kids grow up. And, and, and um, it, it, you know, I, I stay out of their way when they play because I don't want to be the guy that's on top of them while they're earning their careers. What I want to be for them, when they need me, they can find me. When they're not going well or they're hurt, I'll check in to see how they're doing. I, anybody can front run with these guys. That's not my role. My role is to, if anything, is to be a resource, is to give them a feeling of comfort. Um, you know, Grayson Rodriguez, same way. Zach Bean, the same way. Dylan Cruz, the same way. You know, Tom and Troy. It, it really is an interesting unit and connection um, to these kids. And it was so great to walk in and see these guys on the big stage with the entire industry looking at them knowing that they're just a step away from realizing their dreams. I cannot tell you how proud of these guys I am and how, how happy I am. And it's interesting you mentioned that you don't want to be in their way. Um, I'm going to pull back the curtain. Jeremy doesn't even like, let me rephrase that. Jeremy doesn't even go into clubhouses because he knows that's kind of like a sacred place. And I had sent Jeremy a text before the Futures game. Um, the clubhouse was open uh, the morning, uh, the night at night before. And I said, Hey, the clubhouse opens. He's like, I don't, you know, I don't do clubhouses. And you actually did the clubhouse because those guys wanted you to, they wanted to see you. Right. So that's how you were in the clubhouse, which must've been really weird for you because you don't go into clubhouses, but um, you're in a different role. Now you're in a, you're in a media role with us. Um, so, but, but yeah, I, I can only imagine what it was like for you to kind of be in that that space because I know how you feel about it being like a sacred space for the players and that that's where they do their thing, not you doing. You know, I don't, I don't even go up around the cage when they're hitting taking BP. You know, I just I stay back, I watch from the side because they're working, and I understand what it means for them to be focusing on their craft and and, and trying to be the best they can be and make be mentally prepared. And the last thing I want to do is be a distraction. I don't do it. So I don't want to get in their space. I don't want to be part of what they are or where they're at. I want to be, you know, I want to see. I don't need to be on top of them to have the relationship. And I want to respect their space and their privacy. Um, but, yeah, today they were like, hey, man, you coming in? And I was like, um, all right, fine. <laughs> so, Although, so you know, it probably was good for you to go because it's not like it's not like a regular game. You know, there are so many people there and there's so many people who want to talk to those guys that 
it probably was the best place to meet or see them in some ways because once they get on that field and who knows what their uh, commitments are because of television and MLB and MLB.com and Peacock and whatever network was air, was yeah. airing the game. And <laughs> I, I just figure that might, that might've been actually one of the few moments where you could actually sit and, and have a moment with them. So I'm, I'm glad that they, they kind of pulled you in that way. I, I, I think it's safe to say that, that there are guys, you know, um, they feel a sense of safety because we get invested with them. Right. I mean, we, we just, it's not, a, we're not doing it. You know, we don't pick everybody who's overly famous. We don't pick guys that everybody else wants to do to read about. We create platforms for guys we believe that are stars in the future that are going to carry the game, not just on the field, but certainly with their makeup and who they are. Um, and Drew Gilbert and, and Mick Abel, you know, completely different routes, both first-round picks, right, um, both in the same level, right? Ky Kyron Paris in double-A, same level. Matter of fact, now that I think about it, all these guys are in double-A. Um, Soderstrom's in double-A. Harris is in double-A, Hens is in double-A, Abel's in double-A. So they've all kind of arrived at the same spot um, at the right time. And once again, and I know they watch this because they tell me, they watch on Twitter, you know, they commented on, they, made, they all made some comments on a little bit of an exchange one back and forth. And of course they all had their opinions, which was great. I thought it was outstanding. You know, I was like, my boys, you know, we're good. <laughs> just, I didn't even bring it up. What I will tell you is that, um, you know, the, the the quiet, you know, relationship we continue, the the respect that's there. If they, they have a they have a safe spot, I get a little access more access. And the clubhouse was no different. I walked up to Drew, he's getting ready to go hit. I said, Let's do this now so you can go hit. And he said, Yeah, let's do it Let's good right now. Because he knows he stopped and I said, I don't I'm not getting your way, let's do it now. So we talked. We we actually just had a conversation for five to ten minutes before he was ready to go hit. And then we started talking a little bit about his game. Just a little, because that's what we can do. And then he went in and hit. And I told him, I said, when he came out to top step, I said, I got to film you hitting now. Are you ready? I said, I got to do it. He goes, man, are you going to yell at me during the stern VP? <laughs> I said, no, I'm just going to watch you hit. So yeah, I well, I appreciate that. You are our KHOU videographer, yeah. so uh, our photojournalist. So I, I appreciate that. You know, it, it's funny um, or not funny. It's really interesting. You're there. I'm here. And you had said to me, and I think we've even talked about this, is that you were hoping that Dana Brown would not get caught up or be blamed for what was coming down the pike for the Astros and how they approached this winner. And I've been reading some comments on different sites and listening to things locally and it's very interesting to hear people say, I, I hope that they don't trade away from this young core, this young core. And I'm I'm like, young core? I, listen, we've talked about this a ton, that it is incredibly difficult to make the big leagues. They are the 1%. But when I think of a young core, the young core, lineup-wise, Jeremy Pena, Yiner Diaz, Drew Gilbert, who isn't there yet. And I, I don't know if I would put Kyle Tucker in there because I, I don't know if Kyle Tucker is a long-term Astro, but anyways, so people are saying, I don't, don't trade away from this young core. Corey jokes is not young. Jake Myers is not young. 
these guys, they're, they've made it, but they're not young. They just haven't been around there that long. So I, I'm just, it, it just, I, I find it very interesting that they think that that's the young core because in many ways, this team is a bunch of stars and the space Cowboys. That's what they're doing that with that. That's what they're doing this with right now. But that's, a bunch of stars and a bunch of a, a bunch of established guys and the space Cowboys. You got it. You got to be careful with that, Jason, because you're going to offend Kyle 16, 47, 26. I, I don't know. You got to be careful with that because you're telling the truth. And the truth is, is that the Astros have drafted this way. They've drafted for low impact. They've drafted for floor. They've drafted for safety. And this is what you get when you draft for safety. And so, um, you know, look, I mean, the things that have gone on with this club, I actually put a tweet out today that was more of an essay than a tweet. And it was just basically like, look, all the stuff these guys are going through, if you just stop hating on everything and start reading and listening, this is pretty easy to foresee. What what we're talking about isn't something that, um, well, I use the term rocket science. I'll stick with it. It's not rocket science. People can see they need these things. It took the fans, some of them, six, eight months to figure it out, right, longer than, than those of us that are watching this on a daily basis. But they see it. What, what the separation is is how people in position are able to make those moves and what they do with those needs. Now, when it comes to um, to Dana Brown, man, Dana Brown, for all intents and purposes, got here at spring training. What do you expect him to do with the Abreu contract done, Montero contract done, the ownership, and, 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 and by that, that means Jim Crane, clearly not wanting to go near the, the luxury tax, right, not want to overspend. Clearly that was the case. Um and making all the front office decisions, which was him and Jeff Bagwell. It's really what it was. Now, you can say other people were behind that. Dusty was involved in it. But Bagwell was the front front man. So until we hear other things about that, it was Jim Crane and it was Jeff Bagwell, right? And as far as I'm concerned, that was who made the decisions. Now, it is absolutely no, no names involved here. This is basically two plus two. It is absolutely foolish to think Lance McCullers – is going to throw 160 innings every year, and you slot him into the three, the three spot. That is asinine to consider. He's hurt all the time. There's a certain analyst, I can't remember his name or who, that's been saying he should be in the bullpen for quite some time so that he sticks at his 70, 80 innings, right? And he's, he's pitching every year. No, Lance wants to be a starter, so we run him out as a starter, and he misses entire seasons, Okay. It doesn't take rocket science to figure out that if Hunter Brown, a rookie pitcher, take the name Hunter Brown out of it, just say rookie pitcher, who's only thrown 126 innings max as a ceiling, as a maximum in his career, is not is not going to step into the rotation meant to carry all that load and go the entire way at 200 innings. That's dumb. That's just that's there's just no brain cells required for that information. And then to not get veteran depth and to think Maldonado is going to play every day, that's just being ignorant. That's ignorant. Nothing against Martin Maldonado. He's had a good run behind the plate. He's a great person. He competes. He's a good in that clubhouse. He's still got a role, but he's not your everyday guy. And you could have had a Christian Vasquez. You could have had any number of things, even another 4A guy, to give yourself some flexibility to trade from this roster. But what you didn't do, what you didn't do that, what you did was you hamstrung yourselves. And then – and the, probably the most con- – and you can say what we want about Abreu. We'll leave Abreu alone because I still think he's going to hit. When it comes – and he has swung the bat better a lot, you know, recently, right? But Montero, at the time, we just said it was the going rate. You can go back and find the clip. Hey, maybe that's the going rate costing you business. 
But when you look at his career, it's not bright to at all to spend that much money on a reliever who's had one good track, one good year. There's no point in my mind of in, in beating people up over it at the time. That's just what they decided to do. But if you're asking me, I think everybody would say 13 and a half million for what? For three years, right? So I th- I think you're looking at you're looking at the results of something that most people could have seen. The Astros just chose not to. They went a different direction. And it certainly isn't Dana's fault. Dana's got to try to get some 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 uh, better players in here in the system. He's going to have to try to build from within and start all over. And, and the Astros have to find a way to stay healthy and, and get some arms in here. That's what they have to do. And that's also been made very clear, I think, now. We had, and you had really said this, that, Ferkus and Bagwell and Crane, they were going to take care of the major league roster. That was their job. And then they were going to leave drafting to Dana. And we even saw a tweet from Mike Stanton the other day about that. The Astros uh, um, from AT&T Sportsnet that, hey, let's see what Dana does with the draft. Because there was some criticism that all Dana's sign is Bly Madras and Matt Gage. But, um, you know... It was very clear. It was very, very, very clear that it was, okay, we've got the major league roster. We can take care of this. And then now we can really look for a general manager, which that's fine. Listen, you, you've even said here, if this is what you're going to do, that's fine. But you're also going to have to reap what you sow. And that's what the team is is doing and it's still early um is it it's halfway through no i'm sorry that's right we can't say that anymore no it's not it's not early and and again it's it's a credit to the guys in that clubhouse that they've been able to do what they've done and to be two to three games out of first place behind before the all-star break it just shows you how talented and um in some ways i think the way dusty manages this team and making sure that everybody has a role and that everybody feels like they can contribute when called on. But that's just my opinion. Do I, do I agree with Dusty's roster management in, 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 at times? Absolutely not. No, no. But he's also, like I said, last year in the postseason, he's earned the right to make those decisions. Do I see, do I agree with the way Jim Crane and Bagwell and Fergus and um, anybody else handled the, the GM search? Absolutely not. I think it's completely unfair. I think it's it's handicapping, and I think it's, uh, frankly, a little bit arrogant. And I don't mind saying that. I think you have to give your GM a chance. That's never – I can't remember the last time that's ever happened. Now, I know he pulled it off with James Click the first time, but that was a different circumstance. Angel League Baseball took his GM. That was a little different. So he kind of didn't have a choice. He had to go get something then. Um, you know, and I'm not getting into the behind-the-scenes thing. I think if you asked him again, they'd probably do, do it different, which is what we hoped they would do at the time. Um you know, but they they made the decisions that they made, and that's not Dana's fault. I think you're looking at, and I hope you're looking at, as as a city, you're looking at a team that still has some compete in it, that's getting older by the year. It's just how it works. It's how life. You know, we all get older by the year. Um, you know, and, and I think you're in a situation where if you let Dana do what he's got to do, he's going to start injecting things into the system. You don't even know who he doesn't even know who he has there yet. Um, you know, and, 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 and he's operating with an owner who's done two first, not only hiring a new GM in February, but firing a GM that uh, won a World Series had happened since when? Right. So, I mean, let's I mean, let's be honest. Here. We have an owner who's just completely doing what no one else is used to in baseball, which is his right. 
He pays the bills. He writes the checks. Jim Crane can do what he wants and doesn't have to take a word of criticism for it. It's not like he's not put, trying to put talent on the field or trying to win. He's just trying to do it his way. So I think uh, I think that's how that works. I think that people need to be realistic and understand what Dana's role is and 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 that he's just now getting a chance to really do it. And this is July. Man, the guy got here literally January, what, 21st, 22nd? That's like that's a real number. So he's been here four months. I mean, let's give him a break. Without an offseason. No, yeah. And some big news uh, from your world was that uh, you've added Bobby Evans and Jim Duquette as special assistants to the president, which is you. That would be me. So Jim Duquette and Bobby Evans have joined the organization New Balance Future Star Series bringing their extensive experience and expertise to further elevate the game of baseball. Evans will work with MLB clubs and focus on business operations while Duquette will assist in facilitating growth and expansion broadcasting and regional facility implementation. Both will contribute to baseball operations and system structure. That does give us a lot, but kind of fill in the rest of what you expect them to do and um, I guess how big this is. I mean, those are two big names, Jeremy, that are. Oh, yeah, that's right. Bobby Evans was a finalist for the Astros GM job. So I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. So, you know, when you look at um, these guys and their continued role in the game, this is uh, I don't want to call it a coup or uh, but it's a big deal to get these guys into your organization. You know, I'm, I'm, I've been struggling with this because I knew we were going to talk about it, that we should, because it made news across baseball, across the industry. And um, anytime you add, you know, people with that type of track record and a resume, that's what it's going to do. But I added two of them. And that's pretty good. I saw Michael Hill today as well, by the way. Those people may remember his name. I saw Mike, big hug. What's up, man? How's it going? You know, and it's baffling to me that some people try to talk about here we go yeah here no, we it's go ba- it's baffling let's to me the, some, some, yeah jeremy in the tarmac let's bring the plane amazing. in it's amazing some of the comments that are out there that are just ignorant that goes on about my background or my or, or my place in the game or my relationships let me let me get this abundantly clear to anybody out there who's challenging you baseball doesn't need any of us Nobody. It's going to keep moving. It was there before I was born and you were born, and it's going to be there after we're gone. Like, nobody doesn't need you. It's going to keep moving. All you can do is be as good at it, good at it as you want. And not everybody has the same level of expertise or same level of clearance. You know, you don't get to stay in a Holiday Inn Express and all of a sudden become an expert. Okay. And I've earned my, my life and I've earned my background, my credibility. I've earned it. I'll stand on my record and resume until the day I go into the ground. And that's okay. I'm here in Seattle in a place I used to work, a place that I left um, mutually was be a fair way to say it. I wasn't going to go back and do the role. And, and, and they said, okay, then that's, we're not gonna have you back. It was, it was really that simple. My GM, my general manager was leaving. I was ready to do something else. And I did and went and did something else, but I missed the city because of how they treated me. And they obviously missed me too. And so I appreciate that part of it. That's part of the relationship. Now that said, Bobby and Jim and I have a very close relationship. You don't see this happen. You also don't see 28 clubs or 27 clubs, I think is the exact number, um, come on board with a with an amateur event a group, really, uh, development and scouting, to support it. And there's more coming. If you don't think that something's building here, you ain't paying attention. 
you don't think there's there's people lining up with this type of pedigree to go make an impact in the game today and scouting and development, you're not paying attention. And if you don't think that I, you think I can't evaluate, that's your right. But I got five guys in the futures game. What do you got? Okay. So when it comes down to uh, what we're talking about here and with things that could go a certain direction, to have these type of guys as people, to have these type of guys as, um, as, 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 as guides, to have these type of guys as, 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 uh, as baseball men to help me understand even become better as, as, as a leader, as a, as an executive, as, as somebody who's building something globally and different entities, these type of people, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for people who can make you better that do things that you don't do. And you know what, is there going to be some overlap? Yeah. But I trust Jimmy with my life. I trust Bobby with my life. We've had a long relationship. Absolutely. Bobby was involved in it. I may or may not have dropped a while ago that I had some insight into some of the some of the candidates that were there. I told you I knew Michael Hill and I told you I knew Bobby Evans. I just didn't tell anybody how well. Okay. And that's not anybody else's concern. But Bobby's here now. We're ecstatic to have him. Um, you know, and 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 uh and Jim is Jim is is phenomenal and it's great to have them and and what and the people that are coming behind them to join this organization help us all be better. All right, everybody. That is another extra basis podcast with Bristol and Booth. What a way to end it. Uh, the draft, what we will do is we will do Jeremy's yearly review of the draft. Last year went a lot more smoothly than past years, <coughs> Seth Beer. And uh, we'll see how we'll see. We'll get Jeremy's gut reaction uh, following the, uh, was it three day affair now? Three days? Yeah. Anybody, anybody, um, how's Noah Naylor doing? Anybody checked in that recently? Yeah, I saw him do something on Twitter. That play, man, from uh, was it a pitch out? No, nah, he was moving, and the guy missed the pitch out. Oh, that's over right. The plate, and he caught it and kind of spun and threw a strike to second base. And he's also driving the ball to left field. And when Bo does that, watch out, okay? Watch out. What would you rather have, the middle of the diamond defender with all-star upside or the historic run-producing one-trick pony, Jeremy Giambi? Which one do you want? Pick back-to-back. I believe I said that back then. Nothing against Jay. Nothing against Jay, who's a good hitter. I'll take the guy playing in the middle of the diamond who's going to turn around and, and anchor me for 12 to 15 years. Oops. Sorry. Yeah, I don't think the Astros anticipated that guy being uh, with the Amarillo sod poodles right now. How can you not? I mean, no, I mean, wait a minute. Like, are, we, are we watching this? How can you not? And the fact. Signability, the fact- Jeremy. I'm Listen, signability, you know that had a pl- that had a. That that had to play in all this. Signability or big league or World Series championships? You tell me. Keeping windows open. Now I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say signability. Imagine Bob Baylor is in this organization that, right now. That that was not the reason they took Seth. I'm sure it was a factor. It was not the reason. I'll also say this to you: the audacity, and I and that's a, I mean that's the word I'm using. The audacity of some somebody to get offended because Noah Taylor's a good player and Seth Beer's not is baffling to me. What do I? I mean. Use your eyes, use your numbers, use jump rope. I don't flip a coin, consult the magic eight ball. I don't know what you got to do, but figure it out because what you were doing, it wasn't working. Let's go back down memory lane, shall we? 2016, whiff, 17, whiff, 18, whiff, 15 hit, 19, Corey Lee, 20, no pick, 21, no pick. Where's, where's Noah Naylor's? Where's the impact in the organization? And, yes, I'm on my horse a little bit because, you know what, I'm feeling pretty good about the seven-year track record now we've got doing this stuff. Jason, 
Daniel Gotera, Matt Usel, yourself, and, and luckily I'm along with you guys. We've been pretty dead on the entire time of how this is going to go. If the Latin pitching showed up, and they did a great job, man, they did a great job, and that helped extend the window. And Jeremy Pena in the third round was a great pick. But you know what? He got some other holes in there to plug in, and the draft can help that. So, look, you know, we're, we're in a different place. Drew Gil we're going to be on a positive note. Here's that positive note. Drew Gilbert could be an all-star. Great job. All right, everybody, make sure to leave your reviews, good, bad, or indifferent. For the whiny Jeremy Booth and the whiny Jason Bristol, thanks, everybody, for listening to another Extra Bases podcast. Inside the mind of a scout.